0: You're listening to the Dudes and Dads Podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through
1: meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel Demont and Andy Lehman. Joel, you're not in studio with me again. Oh, Andy, I've had I've had a day, had a day of it, so... Tell me about it. Uh,
0: I went... <laughs> Uh, was out last night, got dinner with my wife and some friends, all seemed well. Woke up about 5 a.m. this morning, uh, and then proceeded to puke my guts oh, out. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> for for, uh, for the next few hours. So, uh, what I will say is you're looking at a slightly lighter Joel, uh, this evening, <laughs> uh, feeling. Cleansed. Super cleansed.
1: <laughs> super um, cleansed. Well, I'm glad that you could make it even if you're with us in, in spirit and in remotely. remotely yes. Remotely yeah. in spirit. Support comes from Everence Financial, helping members invest in what lasts through financial services with impact. More at Everence.com slash Michiana. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group, Securities Incorporated, Member, FINRA, SIPC. So... Mike, we want to welcome you to the show. You are I'm going to introduce you real quick. You are the HR the VP of HR at Everance and uh and so we wanted to have you on cuz you were you're fairly new with Everance and um but you have some some good ideas for uh, preparing your kids for for uh, a job so. Well, awesome.
2: thank you. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I've uh, become a big fan of the Dudes and Dad podcast ever since I I uh, first discovered it. So I've uh, enjoyed a number of your episodes, and I'm honored to be here. So, thank you.
1: Great, great. So, tell me a little bit about you, about yourself. Um, we like to do what's called the dad stats, and so that would be your like if you've been married. If you're married, how how long you've been married? If you've got kids, how many kids you have? Things like that.
2: Uh, I am married. I've been married for 33 years. And I'm just glad I remembered that in case my wife hears (laughs) this podcast at some point. Uh, And we have three daughters together. So our our oldest is a nurse and she married a nurse. They together live in Salt Lake City, Utah. So we don't see a whole lot of them, but that's where cell phones come in handy. We we enjoy texting and FaceTime occasionally. Uh, Daughter number two just married her husband about three months ago. And so they're in town in Mishawaka. And then I have my youngest daughter is still a student at Bethel University. So great. Three, three girls are now two sons-in-law. Uh,
1: so tell me a little bit about, about uh, how, how long have you been an HR manager or uh, how long have you been in HR?
2: That's a great question. Probably I, round numbers about 25 years or so. It sounds weird to hear that because I don't think I'm that old, but uh, <laughs> I've, I've been at Everence for about uh, 18 months. Okay, So just over a year and a half, but I've been in and around the area in different places. Uh, first source bank, I was, uh, in HR there, it wasn't in management in HR, but I was in the, that, that's where I first cut my teeth in human resource management and then spent some time at uh, United federal credit union. And I've, I've uh, jumped around a little bit. It was at Bethel university for eight years before coming to Everance. So I've been around the block a few times, but, uh, it's hard to believe all told about 25 years. Wow. Oh,
0: yeah, I, uh... Mike, I wonder, um, if you were to, uh, kind of explain an outline on the HR side, I mean, if you've been in this, if you've been this role, uh, in one way or another, as long as you have, um, what attracts you to, uh, to a profession that it seems, or a category of profession that it seems, um, either people, uh, uh, speak of kindly or, or, uh, or, <laughs> or, or have, and so oh, HR, you know, like uh, can sometimes be a little bit of a pejorative term. Um, but I'm wondering like, what, uh, what attracts you uh, to that uh, category of work?
2: You know, I don't think of myself as a traditional HR guy, because you're right. A lot of times people think about HR as uh, someone who enforces policy and just likes to say no a lot Uh, I used to, I I like to say that HR is not the paper pushing picnic planning policy police uh, that the personnel department used to be in the past, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's really, I enjoy uh, helping people find their niche and helping them succeed. I'm fond of saying things like uh, people are not made for policies, but policies are made for people. And in, in most of my world, I look for the gray where a lot of people look for, look at black and white and don't mm. really see a way to compromise or do what's, what's right. And it's in some cases the best interest of people. So, so yeah, I've been told that I might not fit the typical mold of an HR person necessarily. Don't have a finance background. I don't necessarily uh, like to say no. If I don't have to, I look, like to look for reasons to say yes or to do the right thing. But, uh, but yeah, I love the challenge, the variety uh, in some ways I might be a, professional matchmaker because I okay. like to, to put people in the right places and help them succeed.
1: Well, one of the, th- one of the things that I, I've appreciated about uh, you as the HR, the VP of HR at Everence especially is just the, the lightheartedness, I would say um, there's always joking between you and other staff members. Uh, you know, you guys are always planning something for us to, to be able to get together as a, as a group of people, as a, as a employees, um, to kind of feel like we're you know we're, we're united um but i, I have a, i do appreciate that and how how it doesn't feel like you're just like oh somebody we have to go to go talk to somebody in hr you know but it's more of like i feel like you relate to the people more than just you know I, what i would think is traditional hr
2: well i appreciate that. that that means a lot and, and i that's intentional mm-hmm. because uh i i like to think that we spend way too much time at work not to enjoy what we do yeah. or the, the people we have we we work with and so uh, i look for ways to maybe poke fun at coworkers occasionally and just have some fun, some lighthearted fun, appropriate, lighthearted (laughs) fun. But, um, but yeah, I also enjoy, there's enough seriousness about the job. I, I, I I was going to say, I joke about this, but it really isn't funny that I was uh, welcomed to one company several years ago where it was kind of a welcome to the team. Here's a list of people you have to lay off. And so that was my, you know, week (laughs) one was, was getting to know people by telling them they were no longer working there. So that's, that's hard and it's always difficult when you have to let people go or, or make difficult decisions. But, um, but yeah, I, so I really try to celebrate and look for ways to have fun enjoy what I do and make sure people are, are enjoying their, their time at work.
1: Well, one of the the reasons that I wanted to talk a little bit about this topic tonight about how to prepare your kids for going into the job place is because I have a kid, One of my oldest child is going to be 18 here in December. Uh, He's a junior in high school, but um, he's he's had a couple jobs in high school, but I'm thinking long term for him. Uh, What are some of the ways that we can prepare? So that's what we're talking about tonight. What are some of the ways that we can prepare our children to kind of be job ready, if you will? So what are your thoughts on that?
2: I think that's a great topic, and I'm excited about being able to to share some things. not that I'm an expert by any means, but I do a fair amount of uh, recruiting and mm-hmm. looking for for people to to fill various roles. and i I think as dads especially, this is an important topic because we have an important role in the development and formation of our kids. So I guess I would start by saying sometimes that's it's an age appropriateness discussion, mm-hmm. you know, but um there might be things that we can work with our youngest children about just in terms of helping find out what they're interested in and, and where their talents are and uh, help them develop those a little more uh, as kids get older it might turn into things like helping them develop a work ethic and, and explore um, you know what they're really passionate about it might be helping them improve communication style and and prepare for interviewing down the road at some point but uh, there's there's an awful lot of ways that we can work with our kids even as we, I like the example of, uh, as, as you go down, down the road, uh, as uh, you're looking for teachable moments and working with, with our, our children, um, w- meeting them where they are and feeding their interests and being able to kind of help lead them through a variety of things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Quick story. Uh, several years ago, my middle daughter happened to discover that a uh, certain uh, certain day of the, of the year, I forget which day it was now, but it was known as, um, National Walk on Stilts Day. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, what a great opportunity for a, a dad-daughter moment. So we made a, a pair of stilts and uh, we painted them together and kind of had some fun just walking on stilts. I think we only used them that one time <laughs> in my garage ever since, but uh, just a fun way of, of uh, celebrating a unique uh, kind of a moment and, and learning a few things along the way.
1: Definitely. So you you had mentioned kind of honing the skills of your of your children. What are some of the ways in in, in figuring out what they like? And so what, what can we do to to help that in that category specifically?
2: I think as we get to know our kids and and uh, understand what they like to talk about and how they spend their time, it's interesting because uh, one of my daughters, more than the other, is really talented with uh, paint and drawing and and I don't know where she got that because Mm -hmm. none of the rest of us have any, anywhere near that kind of ability. Uh, But it's just giving opportunities to try new things and to experiment uh, to sometimes learn from failure and, and, and celebrate that when we can Uh, have another daughter who's extremely musical and can just sit down at a piano and, and play has had some lessons, but has really taken to that more so than the other two. And so it's kind of a matter of, of just, sometimes suggesting a few things maybe mm-hmm. pulling them out of of uh comfort zones and and giving them assignments or or putting them in a, an opportunity where they might be able to learn something about themselves but uh, it's it can be as simple as just sitting back and having a conversation and watch where they go
1: sure and then as a as parents i would assume the helping develop them so go walking them down that that way if it's something that they like to do kind of exploring going okay let's you know let's maybe get you into something like if you like ice skating or trying to think you like ice skating let's get you into like ice skating classes or let's getting you let's develop your skills a little bit and then that may not be somewhere that in the long run that they end up going with but kind of trying to develop those skills and try to figure out what they do they do like and and obviously some things are going to rise to the top um you know for for my son He's this is something I've seen. I mean, he's always liked to play with his hands and build things and and do things like that. But but he had his his first official job this last year over the summer, and um somebody from our church had offered him a, a job in construction building pole barns. And like he did a great job doing that, and it was something that he loved he loved doing. And it was one of those things. As a parent, I my wife and I both kind of said, "Hey, let's explore this. Like, do you think this is something that you'd like to do in the future?"
2: And and kind of explore that a little more. I love that example of uh, ice skating for, for, I take that for an example, because we can't all be Olympic medalists Mm -hmm. in ice skating, but if that's where a passion is, there can be things related to ice skating that, that could evolve out of that, Mm -hmm. uh, making uh, a new brand of, of, ice skates or working with the ice or or doing something, coaching, you know, there are all kinds of different ways that that could, could evolve and develop. I never knew human resources was a thing when I was in Mm -hmm. school. It it just was never on my radar until I stumbled into it, found it kind of accidentally and uh, loved it, never looked back. And I know there's an awful lot of people who go go to school and get degrees and things that they never end up doing because Mm -hmm. the real world is changing so fast and they end up doing something that they love and not something they learned how to do. Um, And so, Part of, I guess, coming back to the role of a dad in in a child's life and development is helping them to be lifelong learners and figure out how they can continue to learn and grow. Uh, In your area, you see technology changing Mm -hmm. so fast and it impacts virtually everything we do. I can't believe people can make a living playing video games today and doing all kinds of weird things that I would never have dreamed in the past. But yeah, that's the world we live in. Mike, when you
0: think about um, preparing our, our kids for, for the workplace. Um, so there, the, uh, the background that I asked this question out of is there's a lot of, uh, my, my wife does a lot of hiring. I do hiring in my job. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the kind of job readiness of the emerging generation that is that are entering or have been entering the workforce um, over the last few years. And there's kind of an overarching um, theme and I, I've experienced it. And I've I, as I've talked with other professionals, I think they would probably echo this or and I know they have um, talking with. Uh, yeah, talking with these leaders about the kind of young employees coming into their first professional experience, you know, the the first time that they're working a you know an eight to five kind of situation where there, um, where there are uh, structures and accountabilities in place, and there's you know deliverables and all these all these things. You know, I I, uh, I hear a lot about young people being unpre- unprepared to step into that situation um, and not necessarily having. Uh, sometimes you could use the term, uh, the work ethic for it, or like the determination for that job, um, or, um, having even on the side of like some of the, like the relational and soft skills necessary, depending on what the job is, um, as they come in and are working with others. I, I wonder if this is a, a discussion in the, uh, I don't, I don't know what, uh, HR clubs uh, you participate in, or if you know, I, I assume and I know there are like professional groups that right. discuss, you know, HR HR trends, hiring trends, things like this. Um, what is there a is there a conversation? I, I know what I'm experiencing, but I'm wondering if there's a conversation out there in the marketplace about career readiness, about job readiness um, for our our young
2: people. Uh, no question about it. There's a lot of uh, time and energy and money, in fact, being spent to make sure that. Uh, young people are prepared to enter the workforce, Uh, but you know, I, I, my, my take on it is, I think we can take away some of the, uh, the, the uh, scariness of what you just described by starting small, and it could be something like giving our, our children chores to do around the Mm -hmm. house, and developing a work ethic to follow through on uh, finishing what you start, and how to manage your schedule, maybe make sure that we're We have to leave on time and do some certain things uh, on a given schedule, and help them even managing their money and and giving them an allowance, perhaps. So, if we can start with when they're young or start small, I think that where we wouldn't bridge the uh, that chasm quite so so significantly when they are on a job site and after after report to a manager. And you you mentioned the eight to five. um, I, I think a lot of young people that scares them. Because mm. they're not—they've they never done it before, and right? So it could be as simple as uh, w- w- a couple of my daughters have worked at you know fast food places or babysitting, and it's—it's it's not an eight to five; it's a odd hour job. But making sure they understand the the importance of being people of their word and following through on commitments, and learning new things, even if they're not mm-hmm. enjoying what they do, so they can add value later. But, but yeah, there's no question; it's a it's a challenge to make sure that people are ready for the real world, because that can be a scary place.
1: Yeah. I I like what you said about, you know, having chores for your kids and, and we, we've implemented, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the whole green light card system. Uh, so it's a, it's a youth, uh, bank account card that they can have. Um, but it's nice because those youth who have phones can log in right and see all of their stuff, but then you can also have chores in there. And so you can assign chores for it and and complete them off. And then they can kind of directly see, OK, so if I complete all of my chores, I'm going to have I'm going to get the total amount that mom and dad are going to give me. And if I don't complete them all, then I, I'm, I'm going to be missing some of these. And it's a physical way for them to see what is and what isn't completed. But then they can also manage their money really well in there as far as moving things to savings and and things like that. So we've we've implemented that for for our kids and that's and been. It's been really good because, again, like you said, there's going to be con- they can see the effects of not not doing their job. I mean, they're obviously not going to get fired from it, like they probably would in a, in a real world situation. But it gives them that responsibility to to be able to complete and, and have something that they can physically see and and prepare them for the real world.
2: Yeah, no, I love that. That I have not I'm not familiar with that, but I, I wish I had known about that several years ago because I think that'd be a great way to help young people learn money management mm-hmm. and accountability. And, and sure, it, let them fail. Sometimes a lot yeah. of parents, I think are afraid to let their kids fail, but uh, you failure is a much better teacher than success. Yeah. And we can learn a lot of things from just by, uh, obviously you want to make sure that that's, it's not a you know, fall off the cliff kind sure. of failure, but uh, learn how to learn lessons from that, pick up yourself and dust yourself off and okay, try harder next time mm-hmm. or, or do something different next time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not a matter of trying harder.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think especially I've I've noticed that as 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 my son is getting older, I, I sometimes have a tough time letting him letting him fail uh quotes. And, and I'm trying to get better at that, you know, and my wife's a good reminder of that to be like, OK, like it's OK. He can have consequences if he doesn't if he doesn't do what what you're he's supposed to be doing. So
2: I, I will say one of the struggles I have is. I don't want to say I lecture too much, but I I like to talk. Mm -hmm. I I have things I want to, all this wisdom, 25 years of wisdom I want to impart on my children. And sometimes I need to just listen to them and sit back and find out what, wait for them to ask questions Mm -hmm. before I answer things I think they need to know. And so it's a, it's a, it's a timing thing. Um, But along the lines of, of the failure and learning new things, I think there's a lot of value in helping kids, um, with problem solving and critical thinking. And, and that, that can be with the games that we're playing mm-hmm. and with different situations, uh, help mom and dad plan a family trip. You know, how would we get from here to there just kind of expose them to new and different ideas that, that could serve them well down the road.
0: There's, you know, I, I think so much about um, as a parent, how it is hard for us to put our kids in situations what? where, um, where failure is an option. Uh, you know, where, where things may not, may not go as they want to, uh, Andy and I talk a lot about, and we've had discussions, you know, kind of about this element of grit, you know, developing grit within our kids, developing low determination, um, and, and follow through, um, and, you know, and number one, and first of all, kind of begins with me, like, am I modeling, am I modeling that, uh, to them? Um, You know, and then, and then not also not bubble wrapping our kids as we send them out into, you know, into the workforce or to have those, have those experiences. I was, I was just recollecting someone, what was, I think one of my kids asked me about one of the first jobs that I had. And uh, when I was in seventh grade, I sold bottled water at the Shipshwana flea market. So those those of you that are (laughs) local to us, you know, all about the, the flea market phenomenon, but man, oh man, that summer. Uh, you know, it's 95 degrees out. Um, you're, uh, I, you, they give you a little, I, at the time they gave me like this little, wasn't even like a lawn chair necessarily like this little stool thing to sit on. I, there was an umbrella over me and that blocked that blocked the sun, uh, for maybe half the time I was there. But then the, there's this, all this white gravel all around that, like just reflects the rays back up to you. If it's not hitting you from above it, back <laughs> back up. And I just remember like that job was like, though I'm just sitting there selling bottled water as a, you know, would have been a 14 year old, well, 13 year old kid something like that. Um, it it was, it was just unpleasant. I just remember having like the experiences I had with that job were like unpleasant, but I did it. And I remember my mom and dad having a conversation with me of saying, Hey, you, this is a job. I think I was, you know, it was like, Hey, this is going to be like a 10 week job. You gotta do this for 10 weeks. Um, there is a beginning, there is a middle and there is an end, but you're going to finish it Yeah. because I, I remember right. having on some of those days that were like, just felt like kind of, I was just baking outside, you know, for extended periods of time. And you know, that, uh, that did something, you know, that was an investment. That was an investment in me. Although I'm sure my parents could just as easily have said, yeah, you know, it's a tough job you're just selling bottled water you know if you want to go find something else or figure something else another way to make money uh you know whatever go ahead um they could have done that but they didn't and i i just kind of look back and say i think you know that was the beginning for me of teaching me something about about fit like about finishing stuff about completing stuff Um, we have a rule here at this house i know the layman household is similar in this uh, if you start something whether it's uh uh an extracurricular club or a or a sport or whatever it is um you don't have to do it next season but you will you will finish. be doing it yeah yeah you will be finishing um uh <laughs> so get ready and also by the way also calculate uh calculate what it's going to require for you to go into this thing because know that there isn't an escape door out the back end like yeah when you say yes you yeah. are really saying yes to something um, and I just, I have found that, uh, it's a kind of a simple rule. It's a simple, uh, uh, policy, but I think all of our kids have pretty well caught on to it that if you say you want to do something, you're going to, you're going to do it.
2: Yeah. You know, I love that. And that's, uh, you know, failure. We've talked a little about that and, and I guess this is a, a different category. Um, but it's, we can do hard things and, and you, I think you're right that, our, our children to watch us in many respects to see how we handle setbacks and disappointment. And are we following through on the, the commitments that we make? Because mm-hmm. it, it can be easy to <laughs> parents are, or uh, children are excellent at pointing out our failures mm-hmm. or, yes. or pointing out our shortcomings as, as parents, because they'll see, well, that, you didn't do that. You know, you, you say this, but you do something else. And so that can be a humbling experience to hear from your kids where you've fallen short.
1: As we prepare our kids for Going into the to the job market, what are some of the skills that we can specifically teach them that maybe HR managers or people that are hiring uh, are looking for? Um, like, like interviewing, like what are some good ways that we can talk to them about interviewing?
2: As far as interviewing itself, I think there's just a lot of of uh, good that can come from understanding how to communicate, how to mm-hmm. how to uh, answer questions thoughtfully and thoroughly without rambling and going on and on, providing additional detail. that's not necessary. Uh, I, I, as far as looking for qualities in a good employee, I would say things like resourcefulness and, and being innovative would be things that we look Mm -hmm. for and things that I would value. Uh, I've always been told by my dad years ago, one of the most important things you can do as an employee is make yourself invaluable, learning other things, Mm -hmm. cross-trained, uh, make sure that you are are able to do a number of different things instead of just one thing you might be hired to do because sure. uh, that's that makes it's a win win situation that way. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things we can do to help give our kids that that uh, spirit of wonder and look at things with fresh eyes and and, and learn and grow.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that because you you do never know going going into a job you may be hired for one thing. You know, I I when I started uh, my my job at Everance, I was working in the help desk and then I moved into. Uh, more of a systems admin, um, it's, it's, you know, the same, same IT, you know, IT department, but still it, it's a different job than I was originally hired for. And so I think being open to what could be, I mean, you may end up liking something a whole, whole lot different, you know, coming down the road. And so it may be a, a good place to get involved there.
2: And I guess I should also mention uh, on the heels of that conversation is it's important for our kids to learn to be patient mm-hmm. to and to, to, be thorough because generationally, if we were going to say things about the, the generation coming up, a lot of them want to you know, start a job on Monday and by Tuesday be CEO, and, mm-hmm. and and only have to work three or four hours a week. And so uh, they, it may take time. It, it takes going through, uh, learning some lessons, and, and putting in some time. But uh, but yeah, that's that's a good, a good example of someone who can can learn and grow and and be promote, be recognized mm-hmm. and be rewarded for that. So a lot of success stories come out of just doing a good job, making a good name for yourself, mm-hmm.
0: Mike, if you've, uh, if you were to coach a young person, like, Hey, you're going to go to a job interview. Here's, here's the things to put, like when you show up to that, to put your best foot forward and to be a standout candidate, um, cause these are things that moms and dads can coach their kids and even, even work with. Like I, I've thought about, you know, my eldest is going to be 14 here so we're we're just a few years out from probably his first uh maybe his first job but uh kind of um establishing the categories and the things that, that a person when they show up for a job interview that are going to really stick out to a, a person who's hiring um what would be those points for you
2: yeah the great question i i i'm going to start with something very basic but often overlooked and that's something as simple as make sure you're on time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, make sure that you know where you're going and arrive early and, uh, and show interest. Uh, look the part. A lot of people take interviewing, take any kind of, of, uh, appearance for granted and don't take the time to dress up and and maybe iron a shirt or put on a tie. Even if you're not gonna have to wear a tie when you get the job, mm-hmm. look your best when you're interviewing and, and make sure that you're, you're making a good name for yourself so you can stand out among your peers. Um, it's important to spend some time on a resume too. I can't tell you how many times I've had a good interview with somebody and then look at the resume and it's full of typos and it's, it's sloppily you know put together. Even if a young person doesn't have a lot of job experience, you can still do a nice job of laying out who you are and, and what you're interested in and mm-hmm. what, what your skills might be. And don't misspell things. I, I can't imagine with all the tools we have today with <laughs> word and spell check, people still misspell words on resumes, but it happens all the time. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the, the manners are important following up after a job interview with a thank you that goes a long way. And, and just making sure that you convince whoever it is hiring you, that you are, are going to do the things that you've, that we've talked about already. Mm-hmm. You're going to follow through, you're going to be thorough, uh, you'll do a good job because that's, that, that is half the battle.
1: Sure. Well, and I think too, I mean, especially we're like, we're talking about youth here you, you nailed it on the head there. You may not have a whole lot of work experience, so you need to especially stand out in other ways because, yeah, they can't look and say, oh, you know, whatever. John Smith has got all of this, this wor- history, but, you know, John showed up. He was on time. He was... Dressed nicely his resume uh made sense and uh because i I mean I've even sat through some some interviews where I'm listening and I look at the interview or the resume and the the resume doesn't even make sense like something's on there that you're like doesn't make sense and so yeah th- those are good ways to even though you don't have history necessarily but you that prove your worth in other ways yeah
2: well and I, I as we've been talking if you're you know selling water at Shijuana or uh, wh- whatever job that you've had, there are things you can learn from that mm-hmm. there there are uh, lessons you can talk about uh, it, it, given a situation of tell me how you would handle this situation, and it might be a good a uh, good practice to work with our children to even ask them kind of interview questions in the backyard as you're doing other things hmm. and just say what well how would you answer this question what what do you what would you think about that? Uh, one of my first jobs, Joel, I'll just mention was detasseling corn when I was a Oh yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> too, too, too young, to a dr- local favorite. Yeah, and that's you know, I that's a grueling way to spend a summer, but a lot of good work ethic comes out of that, and that was my first p- real paycheck, and that's that's a lot of fun to be able to see. I I earned this. I I did it the hard way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but Jackie and I were just uh this summer. We we had the kids with us in the car. We we're driving by a field, and there were detasslers out, and I, I'm sure we sounded like those people, but Jackie's like. Uh, that's one job my wife did, uh, as a young person. And, and she's like, you had to wake up, like she's saying, she's like, I had to wake up at this amount of time and we were oh, yeah. out in the field for this long. And you got all these cuts all over your hand and, oh yeah, you know, and kind yeah. of, and, and looking at my kids, looking at her, like, like totally, totally confused as to why she would select a job <laughs> like that you know, to do that. And, yeah. and it's like, well, because there were just a few options available to us and that was one that paid the best. So that's right. Oh, you know, that's, that's what we did. But, um, you know, as we're, as we're thinking about, um, I'm, I'm wondering how to ask, ask this question in the right way, Mike, so that you can give me a, you can give me a, an, ans- an, an answer, an uh, answer. Oh, that's wow. like, that's kind of dialed in. Um, what when, when something goes wrong in, in a person's employment. Okay. Like, so when there when there is an issue, um, cause, cause, uh, I, I know the, I've probably in the past in my work experiences, I, I know I have been the issue, uh, before and some of in, in my earlier work days. Um, but when there is a, Uh, an issue with either job performance or with uh, the questioning about whether it's the right fit for the job or, or things like this. Um, You know, the the language I don't, I think the language I use is that sometimes people go on a performance improvement plan, you know, yeah, and um, that uh, I'm wondering about your, um, your thoughts and your approach toward, is it possible for someone who is struggling in their job who maybe feels or, or, you know, it, it, something is a, as a mismatch, is it possible to turn that around? Is that, is it possible for the person to gain a new perspective? Um, or is it just best, uh, that, uh, we, uh, help release them, uh, in as best a way possible into the workforce, uh, some, somewhere else. Uh, how, How have you thought about that? How have you approached that professionally?
2: Wow, that's a great question. And I have thought about that an awful lot because I am convinced that everybody wants to be successful. Nobody wants to struggle. And um, oftentimes people will self-select out if they're in a situation that sometimes jobs just outgrow them Mm -hmm. as companies evolve and change and they just can't keep up and and they need to recognize that. Uh, it can be hard to walk away from something that you know, that you're comfortable with, something you've done for a, a number of years. Um, but I think we, we owe it to people to be honest with them and let them know this is the expectation and, and here's where you are if you're not measuring up. There's no question. I think people, if it's a, a matter of attitude or job performance, they can, given the right motivation, the right circumstances, the right tools, I, I've seen people turn that around and I love when that happens people can take that seriously and and really dig in and and do some things to turn that around. They've got to want to, and you can't force it. So if people don't recognize a need, if we're not honest with them about the need, or if, if it truly is outside of, of their, um, their desire, then sometimes you do have to have those conversations and say, you know, we, we want you to be successful. I know you want to succeed. This just isn't working out for you. And, and, I've had, unfortunately, I've had those conversations on a number of occasions where people have had to leave, not necessarily voluntarily, but fast forward uh, six months or a year, and they're much happier because mm-hmm. they find something mm-hmm. they enjoy and they can do well, and and uh, oftentimes they'll they'll look back at that as a as a learning opportunity and a growing opportunity for them, even though in the moment it's it's hard, mm-hmm. and it's it's it, I look at a job loss similar to. Uh, a death in the family and you go through that grieving process and there's anger and there's denial and, and it's, it's the whole range of emotions, mm-hmm. but ultimately you get to accept that and you learn from it and you walk away stronger and, and better as a result.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, your, your job kind of becomes who part of who you are. And so that loss is, I mean, it's a loss and that's what you know grief is, is just a loss of anything. It could be death. It could be a job. It could be any, anything. Um, so yeah. I think that's, that, that's actually a good thing to even, prepare our children for too is say, okay, there may be a time in your job history that you're the severance of the the employment is not due to your choice, but your employer's choice. And, and you'll move on. I mean, you'll make it, you'll move on. And so that would be another good thing I think to talk about our, our talk with our kids about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's not, it's not necessarily not necessarily a reflection on their character, who they are. So that that's the other, that's the other thing I know. And I know I felt this way probably in my younger years when, um, you know, when a job was, it was, it was not like turning out how I thought it was. The job was not as it was either advertised or, you know, it, it felt like it took a twist and it was kind of like, yeah, I'm not a fit for this. Then the next question is like, okay, am I just, um, a massive failure in life that i'm not you know that i'm not able to to fit with this or i'm not able to change something about myself to make you know, make this job this job work um i you know it's funny now we i i joke now as someone who you know leads an organization um i'm always just amazed at the massive uh the the variety of personality types and skill sets within the job force and how i absolutely um I need, I probably need my, my certified public accountant to be a different kind of person than my marketing manager. Absolutely. Right. Right. And that's okay. And, um, and maybe somebody, uh, thought, Hey, I'm going to be a certified public accountant and they got in, you know, um, pretty, pretty deep into that. I don't know what the statistic now, and Mike, maybe, you know, this, I don't know. It used to be that 80% of people were not in the area of their degree. And they're in there. So if they had gone to college for something, right. A vast majority of people, and it can feel like in our current educational system, it's like, Oh, I'm on this track. You know, yeah. I went to be an engineer or I went to be this, this thing. And I've got to do that. And then they get into the work and they realize like, Nope, not, <laughs> not a good, not a good fit. Um, I I just wonder like how how we help people navigate that and how we help them uh, help them understand and it doesn't always have to be this big personal or existential crisis but right. rather um, cuz I, I feel like from your perspective Mike that's really what you're aiming to do right is to align people in, in a way where they're they're going to be a better they're going to be a better employee on the backside than they were on the front from from a learning from a learning experience and from some coaching and things like that.
2: Yeah, you 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 said an awful lot right there. Uh, I don't know what the the exact number is of how many people are working in fields outside of their degrees, but I know it's huge uh, and it's fascinating because that's been the case for a long time. You'd think we'd figured out a better way of preparing people for what they're doing than than we've done, but um, I at the end of the day, I think there's an important lesson for us to teach our kids and that is their identity and their self-worth is so much bigger than what they do and how they yeah. spend their time or how they how they make a living and uh so yeah that can change you might have more than one job for a season or you might lose a job that you think you're going to love uh, and that's okay because that doesn't define you it doesn't make you who you are and you talked about the CFO and, and your marketing person being different they're, they're wired differently Uh, Not only is that the case, but there's a difference based on the size of the organization. Uh, You you start small and you're a a family-owned company. You might have one person who wears five or six different hats. One of them is CFO and and also operations and marketing on the side and and whatever. But as you grow and expand and get more complex, you need people to specialize. And so people... I, I mentioned earlier sometimes jobs just outgrow people, and that happens too, which is no a knock on individuals. But if they're lifelong learners, if they're growing, uh, hopefully they'll find one of those niches they can really celebrate and, uh, and and where they can excel. But if not, you know, sometimes it's just time to move on because the company is changing, and and you don't want to change, and that's mm-hmm. okay too.
1: Yeah, these these are all really good things to to help us prepare our our children. I really really appreciated that. Um, are there any other things that we may have missed that, that you can think of that to help us prepare our kids?
2: You know, the only other things I can think of would be, um, making sure they understand the value of relationships and networking. Uh, our, our, I think our kids spend a lot of time online, but they don't necessarily develop good interactions or relationships with people and have conversations with adults. I think that can go a long way. Uh, We've mentioned lifelong learners and just instilling in them a love to learn. But I think one of the most important things that we need to to teach our kids is to be huge fans and followers of the Dudes and Dads podcast. <laughs> no, listen, I to really go. listen to you. Listen to you. That's critical.
1: Yes, yes. So so with that, though, that brings us, us up to... Now
2: it's
0: time for Dudes and Dads pop quiz.
1: Thank you, Aaron James. Oh, no so the dudes and dads pop quiz is just a time that we ask mike random questions that he cannot prepare for that have nothing to do with hr
2: my favorite part of the show
1: <laughs> so um joel maybe
0: maybe mike can adopt these questions yeah. into an hr uh you know for the future some sort of hr we, uh so we have the these i don't know these
1: pod decks uh, that are just random questions you should get some of these and put them on your desk so you can just like as an in an interview ask yeah, ask questions that are random, not anything to do with the job.
2: Yeah. I'll keep it hold up and say, "Pick a card." Any card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. And then answer. Put, them in, the hossie, Put them in right? the
0: hot seat, right? In no way will that make the interview even more stressful. It'll, it'll just <laughs> it'll, uh, good point. Totally open but the it,
2: it, it would show people. It would show me how they might answer. Yeah. Different questions yeah. and and uh, creativity, maybe or. All right,
1: so Joel, do you want
2: to ask the first one?
0: Yes, I will. Okay. And this is a traditional question, but uh, it says a lot. Uh Mike, you're stranded on a desert island. Uh mm-hmm. you're able to have three things with you. What are those three things?
2: Can I ask qualifying questions or do I have yep, to just sure,
0: just, We already can find out what kind of person Mike is, just <laughs> ask a qualifying question. Yes, go ahead. Yes, I'll, ask, well, I'll answer the I, question. I,
2: Obviously, a cell phone is pretty important, but I, I don't know if I have a way of charging it. Is it how, how what's the, my desert island uh, resources here?
0: Yeah, you're, you're uh, Mike. Here's the deal: this desert island is probably <laughs> going to be the last desert island you're ever on. And <laughs> okay, three, all right, the three things that you have are going to be like how to usher you into eternity. Uh, that's, that's what's really going to happen. So what? Thank you. Okay, all right. Hopefully that clarifies it enough.
2: Uh, well, great. So, so in that case, I'm on a desert Island. I get three things. Yep. So, uh, a, a genie in, in a bottle would be, uh, <laughs> one of the, I'd like to have one of those. Uh, I'd like to have a boat, uh, preferably a, a yacht so I can, uh, <laughs> at least circle around the Island, if not make it off the Island. And then right. probably something like, um, I guess I should be practical and say either a flint or a fishing pole or something just so that if I'm going to have to stick around for a while, I can at least sustain myself. Those are
1: wow. good. Well thought okay. answers. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I like yep. that. No one has ever answered that way ever. I don't before. think no so one's great asked great. the qualifying like questions on that either. <laughs> to spoken like a true HR professional. He's really just, he
0: wants to make sure that we're in the right categories. Yeah.
2: That's right. Well done.
1: So Mike, what would you consider your greatest achievement?
2: Well, obviously making it on the dudes and dads podcast is, <laughs> it has Dang got to be battery. up there oh. pretty high. Um, I, you know, uh, greatest achievement. Wow. I, I could go with a traditional answer and say something about, you know, being a, a father or, uh, you know, reaching a milestone with my marriage. Um, work wise, I would say that I, the one time when I really pushed myself several years ago, I, Put myself in a situation where I had to, t- to come up with a solution for a problem. We didn't have have the money to spend on a, on a, actually ended up being a computer program. And so I found access classes and took three or four increasing level uh, classes in access and built a program that we used for several years. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a fun uh, a way for me to grow and learn. I'm not a computer guy by any means, but I was able to develop something that had some usefulness and and uh, saved us a lot of money. And after I left, they spent the money and bought something much better. But <laughs> that's, a time, that's I, I how it took goes. Quite- <laughs>
0: that's,
2: that's how it goes. Yes. Yeah, but I really enjoyed that.
0: Okay. Uh, my next question is... Um, oh, did I just blank on it? I had it. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, you... Oh, yes, I remember. Mike, what book, what book should we be reading right now?
2: There are a lot of good books, uh, business-related, HR-related. Patrick Lencioni has written some good ones. Um, Things like, you know, Death by Meeting come to mind. Uh, I love Monday Morning Leadership, if you're familiar with that. Uh, David Cuttrell, I think, is Mm. the author. Easy read, small book, but great practical wisdom in that book. Uh, so that would probably be the one I'd recommend above. Um, there's a number of them, but yeah, that that's, would be, I, I guess I'm a bigger fan of, of authors than individual books because someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. I want to get as many things that they've written as sure, possible. Sure. So That's good. And, and of course, the Bible.
0: Yep. See, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and then Patrick Lencioni would tell you the same thing. So you're in right, good company. Yeah. Yep.
1: All right. So maybe this ties back to Joel's question about the island, but, uh, what band or artist dead or alive would you have play at your funeral? So oh, yeah. because you're on the desert island, then you might not make it out. who, who what band would play? I'm not sure how they're going to get there because it's the desert island and you're alone, but if you could have a band.
2: No, that's, that's good. Uh, I might. My my, all three of my daughters would probably want me to say Taylor Swift. Uh, I, you know, honestly, Rich Mullins is one of oh, my yeah. favorite oh, yeah. of all time. And I, you said dead yeah. alive, yeah. so he yeah. would have to come back and, and do that for me. But I'd, uh, love even now listening to songs he wrote and, and I had the unique opportunity of spending time at summer camp with him in Michigan mm-hmm. and just learning from him and spending time with him. Uh, great guy. So yeah, he'd no, no question. He'd be the guy who would play at my funeral.
0: Yeah. Rich, Rich Mullins, y- y'all, for those of you young people, you should just Google it, uh, a, a say a sage, a sage for the ages, uh, that, uh, I think more people, uh, I know some, some of my friends have a deep, have a deep respect for, um, yeah. uh, no longer with us, but nevertheless, uh, contributed a lot. So that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, it's good. That's a good one. Um, my, my final my, question. Yeah. yeah. Goes something uh, like this. Uh, I I like this question, Andy. I go to it a lot because I think it's 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 poignant. Um, Mike, in a zombie apocalypse scenario, uh, (laughs) who who among your family um, is the is the last to die? That's uh, that's this really is like it's an analysis about skill sets and survivability. Uh, Who who do you think ends up on top?
2: In, in the, the zombie apocalypse, I, I guess I'm going to say uh, my mother-in-law would uh, likely, she's, she's pretty resourceful and uh, she has had a number of, of different uh, events in her life, which have made her stronger and resilient. And so I, I, I would, I'll stand right behind her uh, w- <laughs> when the time comes and let her lead the way. And uh, yeah, I, I think she would be likely the last to go.
0: Andy, I don't know if we we can check the history of the Dudes and Dads podcast uh, pop quiz, but I believe this is the first time that anyone has invoked the skill set of their mother-in-law. I think I show. think that is so true. <laughs> I, I I'm, oh, I'm a, you, I don't even know I I I'm speechless. Just totally all totally kinds of records, are Yeah. Uh, but boy, oh boy. Wherever the mother-in-law is, I hope she hears this. Uh, I was going to say,
2: I hope she she hit. Yeah, I'll get extra brownie points if I can make sure that she hears that I spoke of her in such a kind way. Because so great, so great. She she knows I've spoken about her in less kind ways in the past. (laughs) All
1: right, Mike. My last question is: What would be your best day ever?
2: Well, outside from living it here with you two. (laughs) Wow. uh, You know, I I put me on an island give me that yacht mm. uh, or if, if not that I honestly love to be outside uh, Smoky mountains mm. uh, walking through the uh, trails in the Great Smoky Mountains area uh, give me a chance to just explore nature and, and come upon a waterfall and and uh, spend time outdoors would that'd be a great way to spend some time
1: Well you've done it you successfully passed the pop quiz oh, so well done. Well done. <laughs> yes, yes. And we want to thank you for being on the show today. We really appreciate your your knowledge and your wisdom that you're bringing to uh, help those of us who are parenting kids that are getting closer to that age of, of bringing kids into the job job market. So thanks for being on the show with us tonight.
0: Yep. And if, uh, we'll find a way if you ever want to connect with Mike and figure out how to help your kid be, uh, just a, a better employee, uh, we'll make him embarrassingly easy to find through some sort of special. I'm assuming Mike's on LinkedIn, right? He's got be Absolutely. Yeah. Link,
2: I, I, I'll, I'll, you know, LinkedIn, uh, TikTok, all the, you know, the, the he's a TikToker. <laughs>
0: hey Thank everybody, you, so you can everybody always me. head over to the dudesanddadspodcast.com for all the show notes and delightful information that we'd like to share with you. Uh, so be sure to head on over there and check it out. Also, if you got any feedback for us, dads podcast at gmail.com for all of your helpful criticisms, encouragements, or harsh rebukes, whichever. We'll take, we'll take all of them.
1: All right, grace and peace, guys.